Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are going to be previewing the first event of the wraparound 2023-2024 PGA Tour season, and that is the Fortinet Championship. This is an interesting one that brings kind of a mediocre field. It's also at kind of an odd time in the schedule considering that the Ryder Cup is next week, and so a lot of golf's biggest names are opting to skip this event, but we do have a pretty decent field with a pretty decent tournament here at the Fortinet Championship. Now, this video is coming to you a little later than usual. I had a lot going on in the past week. Um, my wife gave birth to our first child, our daughter, Ava, um, and very excited to welcome Ava into the world. Been spending the last week with her and trying to find time to, you know, sit down and record content's been tough, but um, I absolutely love that kid to death. It's It's been just an absolute blast being a father for a week, um, and I can't wait to get more of that, but... I did find time to sit down here and record this episode here with a little different backdrops. That way, you know, don't interfere with Ava's sleep or anything like that. Um, but anyway, here we go. So we're going to be talking about the Fortnite Championship. We are going to be breaking down the course itself. And then whether you are playing DFS betting or one and done, we are going to give you the guys who can help you win some money here this week. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with the preview by breaking down the course itself. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. <music> who's going to win this thing. Let's go ahead and talk about the course itself. So the Fortnite Championship is played in Northern California um, in the Napa Valley region, wine country they call it, um, and it is the Silverado Resort, the North Course, which is where this tournament's going to be played. It is a par 72, but it is actually one of the shortest par 72s on the PGA Tour. One of the defining features of this course is just how short it is. The par fours are not overly difficult. The par threes are really reachable. It's just not a super difficult golf course. It's really just, it's resort golf. Like it's designed for people who go vacation in Napa Valley to be able to play around a golf, you know, on their off day or on their vacation or whatever. Like it's designed to be an accessible, fun to play golf course. And that's kind of what bears out um, when the PGA Tour plays here as well. Now, one of the defining features is that these are actually some of the tightest fairways on the PGA Tour. Technically, in terms of width of fairway, it is second only to Harbortown in terms of the narrowest fairways that we see year in and year out on the PGA Tour. However, it is not a narrow golf course. What I mean by that is it is not like Harbortown or like Sedgefield or Colonial Country Club even where there's the fairway and then right outside the fairway there is thick rough, there's trees, there's just all kinds of places you don't want to be. What happens here is the fairway itself is narrow, but the landing zones are not that small. Like, you can land in the rough here and totally be okay. It's Kentucky bluegrass rough, which is very predictive. It is not very penal for golfers of the PGA Tour level to land in this Kentucky bluegrass rough and then be able to still hit greens because think about it. It's a short course. So if you bomb driver out there and you're in the rough, you're going to be looking at a short iron or a wedge into the greens on these par fours. And that is still going to be a scoreable situation for most of these guys. When you look at it from a strokes gain perspective, the penalty for missing the green is much more severe than the penalty for missing the fairway. So green and regulation percentage is going to be more important this week than fairway and regulation percentage. And also the par fives are very easy here. Um, just they're very scoreable. They're going to be reachable in two for most of the field. Now, if you look at last year's data here at this event, what you'll notice is the golfers who were near the top, they did most of their damage in terms of a stroke scan perspective on approach or on putting. You're going to have to be able to putt well if you want to win this week, and you're probably going to have to be dialed in on approach as well because there's just not that much of a way that you can separate yourself off the tee with you know golfers still having the ability to hit the green from the rough. So that brings us to the next point. When you look at winners of this tournament, there seems to be two paths to victory. One is to just bomb it out there, and whether you're in the fairway or the rough, that's totally fine. Hit the greens, hit your putts, 
win the tournament. The other way is to just be super duper accurate off the tee. Give yourself these nice pretty lies in the fairways and maybe you're a little bit further away, but that's totally fine because you're probably a pretty good short iron player and you're still going to be able to hit plenty of greens and hit putts from there. But either way, you're going to have to hit birdie putts. But when you look at the winners here, it's a mixture of kind of shorter hitters and longer hitters like you know Brendan Steele is not a long hitter he, and he won this tournament twice Kevin Tway Cameron Champ are long hitters Stuart Sink not a long hitter Max Homa decently long hitter but Max Homa we also know elite at putting on Poa Greens with him being from California so that's kind of the pathway that he used to victory was I'm just going to put the lights out on these Poa Greens and be just good enough ball striking in the other categories now my comp courses for this event I do have four of them Detroit Golf Club, which is another par 72 where you can be a little wayward off the tee and still have success. Sedgefield, which is a, another short course where Sedgefield still tight fairways, but Sedgefield is actually a little bit tighter in general because of the tree lining. But it's another short course that's not super difficult that you're going to see the winning score about what you're probably going to see this week it's from minus 16 to minus 20 ish uh, pebble beach is another one pebble beach i like as a comp course because it's not narrow off the tee at all and it does feature poa greens and then colonial country club is the last one just another short course but pretty much what you're seeing this week is the bottom line is you're going to want guys who um you know Missing off the tee is not going to be a huge penalty this week. So if you get guys that miss off the tee, that's not going to be such a bad thing. But you also want to be able to putt this week. That's going to be another thing is you're going to have to make putts if you want to win this golf tournament. All right, so let's go ahead and take a look at some golfers that you might want to be targeting this week. All right, so sitting at the top of the board this week on DraftKings, on FanDuel, on the betting board, pretty much everywhere, is Max Homa, and it is for good reason. Max Homa is the two-time defending champ of this event. He has been absolute lights out at this golf course, and he's also pretty good in terms of recent form. He's coming off of five straight top 12 finishes. Now, one thing I do want to clarify, this week, in my opinion, is not the week to prioritize recent form when you're picking golfers to win or filling out a DraftKings lineup because... It's been three weeks since these guys have played. So, like, even if a guy played in the Tour Championship, that would still be, like, you know, on a normal schedule, the third event down the board. So, it's been a while since we've seen a lot of these guys. And that's if they made the Tour Championship. If they didn't make the FedEx Cup playoffs, it's been over a month since we've seen these guys in action. So, I think that, you know, looking at results from comp courses is going to be important. Looking at general long-term form is going to be important. But, like, this is not the week to say, oh, this guy was second in his last tournament. I'm going to click him into my lineup. This is not the week to do that strategy. Either way, Max Homa, you have a two-time defending champ. He is from California. He is at his best putting at Poa Greens, and he has been playing some really good golf, and he's probably looking to continue that knowing that he's going to be in the Ryder Cup next week. Max Homa, I don't, I'm not concerned about him overlooking this tournament for the Ryder Cup because I think he values this tournament, and he wants to win it three times in a row. No golfer has won the same event three times in a row on the PGA Tour since Steve Stricker at the John Deere Classic, so this would be a really impressive feat for Max Homa to get here in his young career. Thinking about it from a DraftKings perspective, I think Max Homa is going to be super duper popular this week. Like I think you're going to see ownership north of 30%. Anytime you get a guy who is a two-time defending champ and he's clearly the best golfer in the field, I think that that's going to create a situation where a lot of people are going to opt to use Max Homa this week. So just keep that in mind if you are deploying him in your DFS lineups. Now, next on the board on DraftKings, 
he's a bit further down on the FanDuel board, which didn't surprise me at all. I would have thought that he would have been a little further down the board, is Justin Thomas. So Justin Thomas, we all know about the struggles that he has had. He is just simply not been the same Justin Thomas in 2023 that we saw in previous years, 2022, 2021, 2020, you know, pretty much since he, he turned pro. We've not seen this Justin Thomas. Now, the good news is, is that this seems to be a perfect get-right spot for Justin Thomas. He finished 12th in the last tournament he played, which was the Wyndham Championship, the last event before the FedEx Cup playoffs, where he tried to rally on Sunday to get in the FedEx Cup playoffs, and he was selected as a captain's pick to play in the Ryder Cup. I definitely think that he's looking to get some positive momentum going forward into the Ryder Cup next week, and I think he's going to want to play well here. There's probably nobody that's more motivated in this tournament than Justin Thomas because he's got a lot to prove to make it known to everybody that he was the right choice as a captain's pick for this Ryder Cup. So I actually don't mind deploying Justin Thomas this week, especially when you consider even as bad as he was this past year, Justin Thomas was still a pretty good wedge player. And at this course, he's going to have a lot of wedges in his hand, whether it's from the fairway, from the rough, doesn't matter. They're going to be wedges, and he's still pretty good at that. He showed that at Sedgefield with that top 12. So I definitely think this is not a bad spot for Justin Thomas. And he does have three top eight finishes here at this event. I think that Justin Thomas is actually a sneaky good play this week. Will he win this tournament? Probably not. But does he absolutely have the upside to do so? Yes, yes, he does. Now, the next two guys on the board at DraftKings, in my opinion, make great bets to win this tournament in, in terms of the number that they're coming in at, where they rank in terms of the field itself, and what their price is you know, in the betting market and on DraftKings, and that's Steven Yeager and Cam Davis. Steven Yeager, in my opinion, is like a perfect course fit for this. He is a long driver of the golf ball who's not super accurate, but he hits a lot of greens. He's a really good approach player, especially with his wedges, and he has the capability of having spike weeks with the putter, and he did pretty good at some of our comp courses. He was T9 at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, another birdie fest at the Byron Nelson. He was T11. Like This just sets up pretty well for Steven Yeager, in my opinion, and I really think that this is a good spot to bet Steven Yeager to win this tournament. Cam Davis is another one that I don't mind betting to win this tournament. He is yet again another good course fit. When you think about the courses that Cam Davis plays well at, you know, Rocket Mortgage, um, the Wyndham was another one, um, the PGA Championship this past year was another one that he played well at. You know, it's courses where you can be a little bit wild off the tee, but as long as you're long and as long as you're able to hit greens and hit putts, you can still put yourself in pretty good position. Also, for whatever reason, he tends to play short courses in his career very well. Dating back to a T32 at the Sony Open last year, he also had a T6 at the Players and a T7 at the RBC Heritage, two notably short courses. So I really like how Cam Davis's game sets up for this. He has a win at the Rocket Mortgage, which is one of my comp courses in Detroit Golf Club. So I definitely think this is a really good spot for Cameron Davis as well as Steven Yeager. From a lineup construction perspective, that is the entirety of the 10K range on DraftKings. What I think you were going to see this week is a lot of people are going to play Homa and then bypass like the next four or five golfers, or they're going to try to get two of like that next little range of Thomas, Yeager, Davis, and maybe even including Thigola and Cole in that. So I think if you want to be different from your lineup construction this week, play two of these top guys, play Homa with another one, or, you know, play you know, two or maybe even try to fit three of these guys into your lineup. I don't think it's impossible, especially considering this is a tournament where not a whole lot separates probably the middle of the pack in the field from the top of the pack when you look at their finishes and what they've done from a strokes gain perspective. So I definitely think that this is a spot 
where you can look to get unique with your lineup construction as opposed to just kind of trying to play what everybody else plays. Really quickly, before we continue down onto the 9K range, football season is in full swing. And so fantasy golf, I don't want to say it's taking a backseat, but it's definitely not going to be something that I'm able to pour in as much research and time into as I had, you know, during the summer months. But if you want more analysis from me, there are ways you can get that. First off, you can follow me on Twitter, I guess X now, at Mike's Money Picks. I do tweet out my DFS rundown every Wednesday. I'm more than happy to answer any questions via DM or via just a mention. Uh, I'm also in the Fantasy Corner Discord. Link is in the description. We got a lot of smart people who play a lot of different DFS sports in there. Um, and we pretty much discuss every golf and football slate as well. And I do write long-form articles for every golf uh, slate, but I do not write for free. Um, so head on over to the Patreon. Link is in the description, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. I talk about um, the course. I talk about ownership, talk about best plays, um, as well as give out my core for the week. Lastly, if you are looking to try something new this week, any week, you know, for NFL, college football, golf, whatever, to get any offer or promo code for any DFS player prop or sportsbook site, head on over to signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks. We are partnered with Signup Expert, so you get not only the best offers for any sportsbook or DFS site that's available for your region, but you also um, show some support to my channel and my feed as well by using my links. So if you're looking and trying something new, maybe underdog, maybe jock market, something like that, head on over to signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks, and you'll get the best promo code for it. All right, now back to the analysis. So looking at the 9K range, the 9K range is actually pretty crowded this week. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of have a hard time narrowing down who my favorite plays in the 9K range are. I actually do really like Saeed Thagala this week, and I really hope he's going to go under-owned. He had a real nice bounce back in the FedEx Cup playoffs after a pretty crappy summer. If I'm being honest, he had a super long made cut streak and then missed three in a row in the summer months. Um, and then he bounced back in the FedEx Cup playoffs with a T15 at the FedEx St. Jude, T15 at the BMW Championship. And his game was kind of excelling in all facets. Like he had rounds where it would fluctuate between off the tee approach and with the putter, but he kind of pieced it all together for those two starts. So I have faith that his game is back. And I think this is a pretty good course fit for him as well. He can get a little wild off the tee and his best finishes are at places where you can be a little wild off the tee. At this event, he has a 6th, a 47th, and a 14th in three appearances, so I really do like Syed Thagawa here this week at the Fortinet Championship. Eric Cole is another guy that I like, and I just like him from a course fit perspective. The, the results recently have been pretty solid. I think it's only a matter of time before he knocks down the door and gets his first PGA Tour win, but the course fit for me is just immaculate because when you think of Eric Cole, what are the things he does well? Well, he's a good wedge player and he's a good putter. That's what we're looking for this week. His weakness is also with his driver. He's not very long or very accurate. Well, this is a short course with rough that is not super penal. This seems to all perfectly line up for Eric Cole this week for me. And without really like diving too much into the data, I just think he's a perfect course fit for what his game is and the question that this course is going to ask of him. Brendan Todd is another one that intrigues me as well. First off, with Brendan Todd, I, I, you know, I say this about Denny McCarthy a lot, but when you've got these guys who are elite putters of the golf ball, they're always going to give themselves a chance to win birdie fest because there's a chance that they just happen to make more birdie putts than everybody else. Brendan Todd is one of those guys that's like that. He does happen to play really well at short courses like his T7 at the Wyndham, T2 at the John Deere Classic, T34 at the RBC Canadian Open, but I just really like the fact that you're going to get a guy who – 
when in an event where you're going to need to make a lot of birdies, has the ability to roll in a lot of birdies. He also has played here each of the last two years and finished ninth and 22nd, so I do think that Brendan Todd is in play for me this week. Bo Hostler is another guy who is a good course fit, not in the way that Eric Cole was, but in the way that Cameron Davis and Steven Yeager were, in that they are good drivers of the golf ball who play their best when, you know, you can be a little bit wild off the tee and, you know, still come through. And Bo Hostler, he's also super hot and cold with the putter. So if you get a hot putter week, it could be the week where Bo Hostler breaks through and gets a PGA Tour victory. So I, I think that from a course fit perspective, this 9K range is pretty darn solid. And then the guy, I think that's going under the radar is Andrew Putnam. Andrew Putnam was one of the best players in the fall last year. He seemingly had like a top 10 at like every fall event. Um, you know, dating back to the start of the season last year, he's 43rd at this event, 30th at Sanderson Farms, T12 at the Shriners, T2 at the Zozo Championship. So you've got a guy who in this time of year, when you're generally seeing weaker fields and shorter golf courses, excels. And he's coming in with really good form, you know, T10 at the BMW, T24 at the FedEx St. Jude. So I like the combination of, you know, just the course fit for him as a shorter player and he's getting a shorter course like he saw during the fall last year and the recent form coming in. Andrew Putnam checks a lot of boxes. He's also played this um, course five times and he's never missed a cut. So I definitely think you got a lot of security with Andrew Putnam there in that pick. Now heading on down to the 8K range, one of my favorites in the 8K range is Akshay Batia. If you've been following, um, you know, the podcast or the channel for a while now, this should come as no surprise. I'd love playing Akshay. Like, I think he is super talented. I think he's really good at golf. And I think he's going to win a lot of PGA Tour events in his career. Well, what was always holding Akshay back? It was the putter. And what did he do um, earlier in this summer in July at the Barracuda Championship? He finally won a PGA Tour event. And you know how he did it? He won it by rolling in a lot of birdie putts there at a course that is in Northern California, and that is Poa Greens, just like what we're going to see here this week at the Fortnite Championship. So I like the combination of you're getting a guy who's supremely talented, one of the most talented guys in the field, and his best putting week happened to come on a course whose greens are similar to this one. So I am playing Akshay Batia with a lot of confidence this week in all formats, and I think he's a really solid bet to win the tournament as well. Now, Justin Suh is an interesting one. If you remember everything I said about Eric Cole, it kind of applies to Justin Suh, except he doesn't quite have the same elite form coming in, but he's a really good wedge player. He is really good with the putter, and his weakness is the driver. So if you're playing Eric Cole, I think he might be a little bit of a correlated play if you play those two guys together. Ches Reeve is a guy that we got to bring up because he is like the course history king here at this event. He's played here every year since 2014, which to me says a lot in its own right because this is an optional event at a weird time in the calendar where guys could easily skip it. So it says something that he comes out here every year and looks to win and looks to play well at this event. And in all those playings, he's only missed one cut and he has four top 25 finishes in that span. Ches Reeby is a guy who tends to have courses he plays well at and courses that he doesn't. He's not a long hitter and he is a good putter. Both those things are, well, the non-long hitting part is not a disadvantage this week, and the good putter is a big-time advantage this week. Safety. All right, now looking further down the board in the 8K range, 
two of my favorite plays. Um, Doug Gim is one of them. So he's just been a really, really solid approach player recently. It doesn't really matter where the course is in terms of geography, length, whatever. He just became a really good approach player, which to me is one of the most correlated things with winning golf tournaments. If you put yourself in good positions on approach, you're going to put yourself in good positions to roll in birdie putts or at the worst two putt for par and, and come through that way. So I, I just really like what Doug Gim's been doing. I think he's a solid bet to win this tournament and I have no problem putting him in my lineup at $8,000 on DraftKings. And then $100 below him is Peter Quest, who is one of my absolute favorite plays this week. So Peter Quest really came onto the scene with his T4 at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which was one of my comp courses for this one, Detroit Golf Club, because he pretty much didn't, like, wasn't super elite with the driver, but got it back on approach, got it back with the putter. And if he follows that formula this week where he just keeps it in play with the driver, good on approach, good with the putter, it could be a week where Peter Quest breaks through and gets his first PGA Tour victory. Also at $7,900, I think you've got another guy who is a good course fit, and that is Davis Thompson. So Davis Thompson is a guy that I don't think is going to come super highly owned. He never really does. But when you look back at all his finishes, he tends to play his best at places where accuracy with the driver is not a super necessary part of your game. You know, starting off last year at this event, he was T9, which I would absolutely take out of a guy who's $7,900 on DraftKings. He was runner-up at the American Express, another course where you can be a little wild off the tee. You know, he came in 56th at the Memorial, a made cut in an elevated event for Davis Thompson last year. It was a pretty good week. And then at one of my comp courses, Detroit Golf Club, T24. Sedgefield, another one of my comp courses, T22. So Davis Thompson checks off a lot of boxes this week. Now, speaking of checking off boxes, there are what I call the bomber range in the high 7Ks. You've got Taylor Pendrith, Garrick Higo, and Cameron Champ all back to back to back. All these guys are very long off the tee, very volatile golfers, and they all tend to miss a lot of fairways as well. So at a course like this one where you can afford to miss the fairway, but by being long, you're going to give yourself an advantage. I think that all three of these guys are definitely playable. Cameron Champ actually won this event a few years ago. So I definitely think all three of these guys are in play for me this week, just based off of nothing else alone, except for their style of play. Now, those three are all going to be highly owned. I think that Dylan Wu is going to be highly owned as well in DFS formats just because I think he's like criminally underpriced. But a guy who I think is going to come in under the radar is another guy who is a bomber like the three we just talked about, and that is Luke List. So Luke List fits into that category as a long hitter, and he has a win in his PGA Tour career at Torrey Pines. Why is that relevant? Well, Torrey Pines is a course where it's super long, first off, but it's super wide off the tee. There's not a whole lot of penalty for, well, I guess the rough there is more penal than it is here at um, the Fortnite Championship, but there's not a whole lot of like penalties or anything off the tee at Torrey Pines, and it's Poa Greens. And so Luke List, a guy who is terrible at putting, but super long off the tee, having a win at a course that's Poa Greens, that definitely makes me think that Luke List might be worth a click this week at a price tag of only $7,600 on DraftKings. Now, before we get into these super value plays, if you like what you're seeing here on the channel, go ahead and hit that like button for this video. It shows me a lot of support and it really helps me out a lot. And hit the subscribe button as well. You'll get notified when all of our weekly golf, college football, and NFL content drops all season long. Uh, you can be the first to watch it if you hit that subscribe button. And it really does help me out a lot. And I really do appreciate it. You guys are the best. Now, heading into the lower 7K range. 
it gets pretty ugly pretty quickly. You know, you've got a previous winner of this event, Stuart Sink at $7,300, who I think is in play. Kevin Yu is a guy that is super duper volatile, but when you look at his finishes, there's definitely some upside here. Um, last year, you know, had a pretty good fall, missed the cut at this event, but he kind of was injured, I believe, at the end of February, and so he didn't play an event in between the Pebble Beach Pro-Am and the Travelers Championship, but he did have a T6 and a T7 in that span, and so I definitely think that there's some upside with Kevin Yu, but he's certainly not a safe play. Now, a guy that I think is actually a pretty safe play, and if you're looking to make a cash game lineup in DFS or you're looking to do like a made cut parlay, Aaron Baddeley might be that guy. So Aaron Baddeley has played this event every year in the last nine years, which again, I believe says something about what he feels about his game in this event. And he is top 40 in five of his last nine trips to this event. That is pretty good at Aaron Baddeley, a guy who is a little bit past his prime, not a long hitter of the golf ball, but that's not a super big disadvantage this week because of the lack of length of this course. So I think that Aaron Baddeley is a guy that is probably, you know, a guy that is low owned, low cost, but probably going to make the cut this week. And if he gives you anything more than that, you're going to be a happy camper at the end of the week. Carson Young is a guy that is not long off the tee, and it shows all his best finishes tend to come at short courses. This is a guy who's pretty young in his PGA Tour career, and so we don't really know what to expect out of Carson Young yet. He did miss the cut here last year, but I definitely think he's a guy that's got some upside, and we know that he has the track record on shorter courses. A guy that, I, well, there's two guys at 7K exactly that I'm going to be playing a lot of. The first is Ryan Gerard. So Ryan Gerard is a long driver of the golf ball. But when you look at his record, it tends to be where he plays his best is where accuracy with the driver is not super duper relevant. Fifth place at the Barracuda, the U.S. Open this year, which, you know, you could really kind of spray it a little bit. He came in 56th place. He made the cut for a guy like Ryan Gerard making the cut at the U.S. Open. It's pretty solid. You know, T33 in Mexico, T11 in Puerto Rico, the Honda Classic, which is a shorter course where if you're pretty good with the driver, you can kind of overpower a lot of the hazard and a lot of danger there. He came in fourth place. So I think this is a pretty good spot for Ryan Gerard, and I'm definitely willing to play him in my lineups. I like the fact that he has that fifth place at the Barracuda, which which like we talked about with Akshay is another Northern California Poa Greens course that should be a pretty good fit for him. Another guy that's 7K exactly that I'm going to be playing a lot is Zay Ching, aka Marty Doe. So Marty Doe last year had two great finishes, T17 at the Rocket Mortgage and T5 at the Byron Nelson. Marty Doe is a guy who goes out and just fires away at pins. He is super aggressive. He is looking to try to stick the ball five feet from the flag and make the birdie putt every time. Does he always do it? No. If he did, he would win every week. But I like that aggressive course management this week at a course where it's not going to really be a super detriment if you miss a whole lot. He can, you know, miss it a little bit off the tee and still be okay. And this place has pretty big greens. So if you're firing at these flags and you just miss in the right spot, you're still going to put yourself in a position where you can make birdie putts. And those are kind of the profiles of the courses where Marty Doe has played his best at. So I'm absolutely willing to go back to Marty Doe this week. He's a value play on DraftKings, and he is a supreme value on FanDuel as he is under $8,000 in the FanDuel salaries. Now, the 6K range... um. 
gets pretty dark this week, which makes it really hard to kind of squeeze in a lot of guys at the top. Sung Yul No has a pretty long made cut streak if you're interested in a guy who's just going to make the cut for you. Zach Boyer is a guy that I actually like a lot. Um, he has pretty good history here at this course. Just last year, he was T12 at this event, and he was fourth here in 2019. He's another guy that when you look at his track record, tends to play better at short courses, so I have no problem going back to Zach Blair this week. I also like Cameron Percy this week. He's a guy who has really good history here. He's played this event four times, and he's four for four on made cuts, three top 25s in the last four years, and so, you know, not bad for Cameron Percy. The recent form leaves a little bit to be desired, but I definitely like the course fit for him. You've also got Kevin Tway, who is a former winner here at $6,700 on DraftKings. That's not such a bad value for a guy who clearly has played this course well in his past. The value play that I like this week, though, and this one's kind of like under the radar, he's probably surely going to be pretty low-owned in DFS formats, is going to be Paul Haley. I believe he is actually the second. Paul Haley the second. Maybe it's just Paul Haley. I don't know. But Paul Haley is going to be my guy this week. He was 12th here last year, so he clearly showed an ability to play well here at this course. And he also plays well at shorter courses. T29 at the RSM Classic, T21 in Puerto Rico, uh, fifth place at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Like, I just like the fact that you know, whatever it is with this guy in short courses, you're getting him at a spot that he can play well at here this week. So he's going to be my last value play that I would probably put in my lineups. All right. So lastly, before we close it out, let's go ahead and talk a little bit of one and done. So for one and done this week, first off, if you were in a one and done that starts this week, bravo to you because it is very difficult to plan out a one and done that goes from the Fortnite championship all the way to the tour championship. It's why a lot of them start at the Sony open at the first of the new year. So if you're playing one and done this week and you've really got to plan out, you know, who is going to be in your one and done, who you're going to use in certain spots, this week would not be the week to get aggressive, in my opinion. I would not play Max Homa. I would not play Justin Thomas. This is not an elevated event. So with most one-and-dones playing for cash, this is not like the most cash you're going to see you know, in a lot of events in, in this, you know, PGA Tour season. So I wouldn't be super aggressive and play like one of those two guys. However, there's a lot of guys this week that are going to be in a better spot this week than they are pretty much every week on the PGA Tour calendar. And, and what I mean by that is when's the next time you're going to see Steven Yeager is the third most likely guy to win the tournament? I don't know, but there's definitely a chance this week. So for that reason, I think Steven Yeager makes for really good play. I think there's a definite lack of other obvious spots to play Steven Yeager at as well. Maybe Detroit Golf Club when you get there, but I think there's probably going to be some other guys that you'd rather play there, like a Ricky Fowler or a Colin Morikawa if he plays it again. So I think Steven Yeager makes for a great choice. Um, I would have no problem going with Eric Cole, Brendan Todd, Bo Hostler, um, or even you could go with a guy like Akshay Batia at this, at this event. I think one sneaky one-and-done play would probably be Taylor Montgomery. We haven't talked about him yet, but last year, he came in third at this tournament. He putted the absolute lights out, and I don't know. He's not a guy who like I look to play in my lineups a whole lot. He's really inaccurate off the tee, which is kind of you know not a super detriment here, and he is a really good putter of the golf ball, so maybe Taylor Montgomery would be a guy to look at this week. I think the lowest down the board I would go, I think that Doug Gim... Davis Thompson and Peter Quest are all in play in one and nuns, as are Garrick Higo, Taylor Pendrith, and Cameron Champ. So I definitely think you could go super down the board if you wanted to. Those are just a few guys that I would consider that don't have obvious fits at other courses. All right, so that does it for 
the preview for the Fortnite Championship 2023. If you guys like what you saw, please like the video if you're watching on YouTube. Please rate and review if you're listening on audio. Shows me a lot of support and really helps me out a lot. Now, I know this is a little bit shorter than what we normally do. Like I said, got a lot going on in my life right now, but I'm more than happy to talk, you know, this slate up with you guys, you know, for DFS, bets, whatever. I'm more than happy to talk it up to you in other spots. So hit me up on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. Join the Fancy Corner Discord. Link is in the chat. And if you want to read my full-length article, it is on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. You'll get those articles for every golf, college football, and NFL slate as well. And lastly, we are partnering with Sign Up Experts. So if you're looking to try something new, maybe jog market, maybe underdog, you know, whatever, you get the best offers and promo codes for any DFS player proper sportsbook site that's available in your area if you head on over to signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks. Link is in the description on YouTube. All right, that does it for me, guys. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Best of luck to you this week, whether you're playing DFS, betting, or one and done, and I will see you guys next time.